Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. This is a Friday morning edition, Erev Shabbos edition of JM in the AM. For this ninth day of September, day number 13 in the month of Elul, it is Erev Shabbos, Parshas Kitetze, with candle lighting in New York, 654. 654 candle lighting. Make sure you know when things start where you are. We're beginning this morning's show a little differently because we heard the news just a couple hours ago of the passing of our dear friend, Yankee Meyer. It is, um, I'll, I'll read from Yeshiva World. They, the folks at Yeshiva World and uh, Miss Askim are very, very close. And uh, no doubt they have insight that others won't have in reporting the uh, passing of Yankee. There are, it's always a, um, I don't want to say a struggle. It's always a question of how to, uh, address uh, the passing of someone who had uh, tremendous impact on the community. Uh, Someone had impact in a certain city or with a certain yeshiva in a certain region. We're speaking to people all all around the world every single day. You want to be able to present a picture excuse me, that people from around the world can tune into and uh, and grasp the enormity of it. It's not easy. Uh, even when one of the uh, the great rabbis of our generation uh, passes away, there are many listeners who you know can't relate or wouldn't be able to relate to the enormity of the passing. In the case of Yanki Meyer, um, who many many people in this audience knew, and. Um, Many people listening right now never realized how they were affected in a positive way by him, those who didn't know him. Uh, In his case, I think it's appropriate to um, speak about him in detail, to do a tribute to him on the air, and to remind everybody around the world that in some way, shape, or form, I can almost guarantee you, your family, people you know, have benefited from the incredible work of Yankee Meyer. I could say that internationally as well. There's just so much that he did. Yeshiva World writes, It's with a broken heart that we inform you of the patira of Rabbi Yankee Jack Meyer, the founder of Misaskim and one of the leading Askanim in Klal Yisrael. He was 58 years old. Yankee suffered from a terrible illness in recent months, and his condition severely deteriorated in the weeks prior to his tragic patira. Yankee was an incredible human being, a person whose magnanimity and selflessness may never truly be understood, and someone whose relentless drive to help others deprived him of every basic worldly pleasure. He was simply too busy devoting his life to helping console those in pain and providing support to anyone he could possibly help to enjoy even a single night of uninterrupted sleep. Yankee was a devoted member of Borough Park Hatzala for around 35 years, a position in which he was fondly known as B-41. He also volunteered for Tom Shabbos of Borough Park, spending each Thursday night delivering food to dozens of families who didn't have the means to buy what they needed. Yankee was a chaplain in multiple law enforcement agencies, including the Port Authority Police, New Jersey Transit Police, the Office of the Medical Examiner of New York City, the Sullivan County Sheriff's Office, and was a senior NYPD clergy liaison as well. 
Bianchi was trusted by all, including every New York City mayor and NYPD commissioner since the days of Rudy Giuliani, as well as high-ranking officials in the NYPD, FDNY, and many other agencies. In a world often in turmoil, Yankee was a voice of reason, calm, and respect, and all admired him for that. Yankee used his vast connections and contacts to prevent thousands of autopsies over the years and assist in bringing Jews to Kavurasi Yisrael in a timely manner. In times of tragedy, Yankee of blessed memory was always leading the restoration of stability, and he had a unique knack for informing families of the sudden loss of a loved one with care and sensitivity, somehow managing to provide a measure of comfort even when people were in their deepest pain. Yankee was a living Rolodex who used his network of contacts to navigate his way through thousands of tragedies over the years, giving a helping hand, hope, and consolation to an untold number of people. Approximately 25 years ago, Yankee realized and recognized the need for an organization that would help those sitting Shiva. Taking the heavy responsibility of creating such an organization upon himself, Yankee founded Misaskim, now a household name and a critical piece of every Frum community in the tri-state area. When a family loses a loved one, the first call is to Misaskim. Once that call is made, the family is assured that their needs will be met. From small chairs to the Avelim, chairs to those being Menachemovel, Sidurim, Sifre Torah, air conditioners, and anything else one could imagine needing in the trying Shiva period. Under Yankee's leadership and direction, Misaskim exploded in growth and has since expanded to Baltimore, L.A., and even overseas, including in communities in Manchester and London in the U.K., just to give a snippet of an idea of the level of chesed Misaskim is involved with, on one Matzayantif last year, Misaskim delivered shiva-related materials to over 100 homes, providing their services to well over 500 Avelim in a single night. Yanki went on to launch Misaskim's most closely guarded for over a decade, Project Yedid. When Yanki noticed that many Almanas and Yesomim Widows and orphans struggle mightily after the week of Shiva, and much of their support has gone back to their regular lives. Project Yedid came to life, providing the support, care, and concern to the Almanas and Yasomim who still needed someone to rely on. Project Yedid now has over 800 families on its roster and provides a variety of services throughout the year, including Hanukkah distributions, in which families receive boxes of exciting toys, envelopes stuffed with cash, and gebenched Hanukkah gelt are delivered to each home. Under Yankee's leadership, Project Yedid also arranges for each family to receive a large box of school supplies for each of the Yasomim at home. There is a Yom Tov paper goods delivery in which each family receives more than a dozen cases of paper goods from bowls to plastic tablecloths to cups and cutlery. There's a Sukkis package with a Sukkah poster and an assortment of toys, books, and games. There has been a full-day Cholomoy trip for these families for many years, and almost nobody knows about it. Each Sukkis is a massive Simchus Beis Heshoeva with singing superstars like Avram Fried, Mordechai Ben David, and others, and a 3,000-foot sukkah with delicious food for the thousands of family members of Yosomim and Almanos. For the past 30 years, Yankee arranged a worldwide annual Aserishim Chuva Sifa, where thousands of boys gathered at the Bub of Base Medrash in Borough Park and joined by a whopping 30,000 additional children via live stream. They recite Tehillim to send a torrent of tefillahs to Shari Shamayim, beseeching Hashem on behalf of Holy Yisrael and others facing tra- terrible troubles. The number of things Yankee accomplished in his relatively short life is practically endless. Even a book couldn't do justice in describing the level of chesed the selfless tzaddik reached. This writer spoke to Yankee on a daily basis, and we were extremely close. Despite being extremely ill in recent months, I never once heard him complain. When his illness came up in conversation, his constant refrain was simply, this is just another bump in the road. 
Just over a week ago, Yankee managed to travel to Israel with his wife and son, and he was overtaken with joy at his opportunity to daven at Kivrate Sadikim and visit Gedolim he was close to, but something was bothering him. I feel horrible, Yankee texted while sitting on a plane as he prepared to return to the U.S. What's wrong, I replied, concerned his condition had significantly deteriorated. But that wasn't what was troubling him. I just met Revelia Brundy, he wrote me. He's on my flight. I broke his heart when he saw me. I feel horrible that I gave him pain. That's what was concerning Yankee barely a week before his patira. Not his own personal pain and dire situation, but rather the Tsar someone else had seen him in pain. This is the same Yankee who texted me at 4 p.m. on the day of my son's wedding a few months ago. Sorry I can't make it tonight. I'm a bit under the weather. Yankee was, wasn't simply a bit under the weather. He had an illness ravaging his body and he didn't want me to see him in his physically broken state. The next day, I asked Yankee about his apology. Jack, we're best friends, I said. Why couldn't you just come to the chasana, I asked. I didn't want to ruin your simcha, was his reply. That was his only concern, that my simcha should be affected by his physical state. This is not even a morsel of who Yankee was, and it doesn't even graze the tip of the iceberg of how great a man he became. Yankee Meyer was and will always be a legend. It would take dozens of people to fill his shoes. He had no day and no night. When he was needed somewhere, he would show up, somehow always managing to be in a fresh shirt and pants even at 3 a.m. Yankee was re- remarkably close to dozens of gedolim. One of those gedolim was Ravdan Segal, with whom Yankee forged a relationship when he was the mashkiach at the Mir Yeshiva in Brooklyn, where Yankee was learning as a bocher. Ravdan had instructed Yankee not to talk to anyone about his illness, and we respected that directive. In fact, Yankee made it clear to me that he did not want any Tehillim requests on his behalf posted on Yeshiva World. I would like to take this opportunity to address Yankee publicly on this forum. Yankee, you were always there for me, and I can never, ever repay you. I ask you for Mechila publicly for anything I've ever done to hurt you and for not giving you the level of respect you deserve but never wanted. Yankee, you're going to Shamayim with more Zchusim than anyone I've ever known. Please beseech the Boreolm to bring Mashiach soon, and may you be a Melitzyosha for your wife, children, family, and friends, and all of Chal Yisrael. Yankee Meyer's funeral takes place this morning at 1030 at 1123 57th Street in Brooklyn between 11th and 12th Avenues. The Kvura, the burial, will be in Woodridge, excuse me, will be in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Uh, the article we just uh, read from Yeshiva World um, was written from the perspective of um, of a Yeshiva World founder, who, as we said earlier, was very close with Yankee Meyer and very close with the work of Misaskim and all the other things that Yankee was involved with. So this perspective is certainly a good tip of the iceberg of who Yankee Meyer was. And for those of you who are casual to longtime listeners of this show, Yankee spent a lot of time on this program speaking about things that could help people when they are in strange circumstances. And that includes people who had been driving with a suspended license and didn't realize it. People who had difficulties up in the Catskills with different rules and regulations. And he would come on the air to discuss and help prevent whatever possibly could go wrong so people wouldn't be locked up or spend weekends, God forbid, in a cell for no reason. And that's what happened if they weren't careful.
And he would come on to warn everybody and go through the procedures and encourage everybody to please pay attention to this stuff and to spread the word. And when the work of Miss Oskin became more and more, and it's funny because in the article it said 100 uh, homes were visited by Miss Oskin right after Yuntif because of all the shivas that took place after Yuntif. I remember when it was 30, and 30 was like unheard of. That's how crazy it was one year that there was 30. Imagine now there are 100 after Pesach or Sukkot. Um, and then there's the personal side. Then there's the personal side. And that is that, um, for those of you who remember in 2008, when my father went missing, eventually to be found the next day in the Hackensack River after a terrible car accident. It was Yankee who mobilized everybody immediately and coordinated an effort that was based right near where my father went missing in Jersey City. And he was relentless. He was ready to, it was, my father was found Thursday afternoon. He was already making plans for Shabbos of how to keep the search going. And hundreds of people followed his lead. And uh, my family thanked him a million times, but even that wasn't enough. And then, of course, once my father was found, he coordinated everything until my father was laid to rest in Israel. And the complications, because of the the nature of my father's passing, the complications in the medical examiner's office with different rules and regulations, without Yankee, I don't know what we would have done. And there are a lot of stories. I can't even imagine how many times I called him to please step in and to please help out with something, and he was there. But I will tell you one night I'll never, ever forget, and that was the night that uh, one of our children was driving and hit a deer in an area of the Catskills that's not well known to most people, somewhere in the low 90s, the exits of the low 90s. And um, Stacy said to me, call Yankee. And of course I did, and sure enough, he got in touch with the state troopers that he knew up there, and they went to rescue everybody in that situation and to help coordinate getting them back to camp, et cetera, et cetera. The car was, you know, not drivable at that point. And he stayed up as late as he had to to make sure everything was done. Like the editor of Yeshiva World said, there's not enough praise I could heap on Yankee Meyer of blessed memory, 58 years old, for being there for everybody. As I said on, on Facebook, he was a brother and a friend to all, a friend and a brother to all, everybody. And no matter what religion you were from and no matter what culture you were from, you always felt it. This guy just cared about helping others. And what he did for our community, of course, was second to none. So it's a different Friday morning, one we didn't expect and one we feared once we started to hear the news this week of how dire the situation was. Yankee Myers Levaya later this morning in uh, Borough Park, Brooklyn. And um, we'll speak more, no doubt, about him coming up at JM in the AM.
Shabbos here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Full day of programming, of course, including Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos show coming up at 10 o'clock Eastern Time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. A little bit of a slow start this morning because of the news that um, many of us heard a couple hours ago, and that is uh, on the passing of uh, Yankee Meyer, our dear friend, the uh, director and founder of Misaskim, and somebody who... Uh, if you read the Shiva World article that we just read on the air a few minutes ago, and you'll find it on my Facebook page, um, somebody who introduced so many initiatives of Chesed into the into the Jewish community worldwide, and was always there, and left us at an untimely age of fifty-eight years old. And we had heard that uh, the situation was dire, and then we got the uh, information early this morning that he had passed away. It was. Uh, very difficult to fathom a world in our community without Yankee Meyer. Usually the first call of so many when tragedy strikes or when a desperate situation begins or a difficult challenge happens. He's always there first. And it's uh, with a heavy heart that we speak about his passing. The funeral takes place at 1030 this morning in Borough Park, Brooklyn. The information's in that article. From Yeshiva World, it's um, it's between 11th and 12th Avenues in Brooklyn, New York. You'll see it there at the end of the article. It's on my Facebook page. We don't have uh, the chance to access it. We joke sometimes, and we um, 
well, I shouldn't say we joke because it's never more than half a joke, frankly. Uh, when we call certain people our our Chesed Rebbe or our Rebbe of Chesed, or you know, and well, and we'll sometimes have fun with that uh, because somebody does, in fact, you know, step forward and take matters into their own hand to help others, and they deserve that moniker, even if it's a drop tongue in cheek, but they deserve it, frankly. And I, I've I've pointed out on this program people that I consider to be my rabbeim when it comes to chesed. With Yankee, as I said on uh, on Facebook, he was more like the king of chesed. He was the one that um, held the royal crown in chesed, had the majestic procedures down pat in chesed. He was the one that. Um, that really ruled over our community when it came to chesed. And if any of us have a true Rebbe of chesed to emulate, he would be, uh, he would be among them. Uh, and for many people out there who are, who are in fact big Bali chesed at this point, who in fact are very generous with their time and their resources and always there to help others, a lot of people learned that from him. A lot of people hopped on the bandwagon and wanted to be part of this incredible effort, whichever effort it was that he, uh, that he had initiated, whether it was Misaskim or some other department of his uh, long list of chesed that he was uh, overseeing. So there you have it. It's a, um, it's a sad day. It's a sad day in the Jewish world. Again, Many people, I'm sure, listening right now uh, did not know Yankee Meyer. But you have to believe me when I tell you that chances are you were in some way positively affected by him. If you've walked into a shiva house <laughs> and, there's, and there's been what was, what was necessary to daven with and to sit on and all the other accessories they would bring, that was as a result of his initiative. And, um, and that's just the bare minimum. I would bet that everybody in some way was uh, affected by somebody in your community or somebody in your family that he helped. I, I gave a couple of examples of my own family, how he was there um, with complete calm and complete, a complete, um, not sedated, what's the word? A complete, um, uh, I'll, I'll say, mellow supervision. Let's put it that way. Never a lachatz, never pressure. Always there as a voice of reason, a voice of calm, a voice of peace, a voice that represented us well among others. What you'll be hearing over the next few days is how much respect he garnered from people outside our community, government officials members of police forces, people that are hard to ingratiate, frankly, sometimes. They're, they're the ones in charge of safety in, in the community. They're the ones in charge of procedures in our community. You know, they, they, they're the ones who dictate how things work. But he dealt with them with such respect and with such care and understanding that they reciprocated and dealt with our community because of him in a manner, in a very similar manner. So we remember you, Yankee Meyer. We remember you with uh, 
your amazing friendship. We remember you with your amazing leadership. We remember you with your incredible dedication to all. I don't think a human being in need that he could help, he would, he would ever turn his back on, ever. If he knew there was something he could do, a call he can make, somebody that he can uh, help out, there's nobody he would turn down. And in our community especially. So remember our dear friend Yankee Meyer on this Friday morning broadcast, JM and We'll get back to some of our Arab Shabbos music, and I'm sure we'll talk more about Yankee coming up. Um, Malcolm Holmline will join us just over an hour from now. He is a vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We'll speak with him about what's going on in this interesting world of ours. Harry Rothenberg and the Rabbi Yudin on Parshas Kitetze. Harry in the hour number two, Rabbi Yudin in hour number three. And as I said, plenty all day long at the Nachum Siegel Network, including Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos Show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That happens at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here uh, on the Nachum Siegel Network. More coming up. We'll get into our regular format as we continue on a Friday of Shabbos at JM in the AM. Not sure why it is happening, but we will hopefully figure this out in the next minute or so. Um, yeah, what would ZK say? He would say, why are you prepared with only one music source? That's what he would say. And he'd be 100% right. Um, let's see what we could do here. Feel free to comment on the app, by the way, about anything that we've been talking about. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app, for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Uh, let's see if this works now. As we continue on a Friday, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. No de lo que no, no de la no de lo que no, 
נודה למושיענו, ברוך אלוקינו, ברוך אדוננו, ברוך מלכנו, ברוך
JM in the AM with Regesh off for uh, volume number three here at JM in the AM. Yesterday, by the way, I was at the um, opening of the, I mean, the official Hanukkah Tabayit, I should say, the dedication. Better word than opening. Dedication of the brand new OU uh, offices on Rector Street in Lower Manhattan. Want to wish a mazel tov to uh, Maish Bain, to Rabbi uh, Moshe Hauer, to uh, Rabbi Dr. Josh Joseph, and to everybody for what is a magnificent facility and where the OU can do even more than they've been doing. And <laughs> as you know, but from listening to this show, they've been doing a lot. And it's amazing to see an older organization, meaning one that's around for so many decades, be so current and doing so many contemporary things. It's really amazing. So as all tough to everybody deal you, I was reminded because uh, I was thinking of the the music last night and uh, the notable part part of the show was done by Revi Schwabel and Yassi Sonnenblick, and it was amazing to hear their voices uh, as they uh, sang a special song in dedication to the Hanukkah Tabayit. Um... Well, many of you are aware of the fact that we are mourning the loss of Yankee Meyer, who passed away at the age of 58. I know it is a shock to many because you may not have known what was going on over the last few days in terms of how dire the situation was. And on top of that, he passed away in the middle of the night, so you're waking up to this news. 58 years old, and his Leviah will be at 1030 this morning at 1123 57th Street in Brooklyn between 11th and 12th Avenues. 1123 57th Street in Brooklyn between 11th and 12th Avenues. And we read the um, incredible article by one of the editors at uh, Yeshiva World. He writes, Yankee suffered from a terrible illness in recent months and his condition severely deteriorated in the weeks prior to his tragic patira. He was known, he was an incredible human being, a person whose magnanimity and selflessness may never truly be understood and someone whose relentless drive to help others deprived him of every basic worldly pleasure. He was simply too busy devoting his life to helping console those in pain and providing support to anyone he could possibly help to enjoy even a single night of uninterrupted sleep. That is true. That is so true. The studio phone very often would ring between 5 and 6 in the morning if he was looking for someone that he thought I might know. And... um Oh, yeah, that happened a lot in the old days, actually. I guess before Google. <laughs> uh, Yankee, devoted member of Bar Park Hatsala, chaplain in multiple law enforcement agencies, including Port Authority, New Jersey Transit, Office of the Medical Examiner, Sullivan County Sheriff's Office, and more. Trusted by every mayor and police commissioner since the days of Rudy Giuliani, every fire commissioner. He used his vast connections and contacts to prevent thousands of autopsies over the years and assist in bringing Jews to Kavuras Yisrael in a timely manner. A timely manner. He was a living Rolodex. He used his network of contacts to navigate his way through thousands of tragedies over the years, giving a helping hand, hope, and consolation to untold number of people. That is so true. 25 years ago, he saw the need for Ms. Askim. To help those who are sitting Shiva. And you know what Ms. Oskam does now. It's incredible. He um, he launched uh, Project You Did for widows and orphans struggling after the week of Shiva with much of their support having gone back to their regular lives. Project You Did came in 
providing support, care, and concern for the widows and orphans who still needed someone to rely on. They have over 800 families on their roster now with services throughout the year, Hanukkah distributions, sukkah celebration, holomoid trips, etc. One of the ways that uh, Yankee first utilized our airwaves was for the uh, annual Aserishimei Chuvasi for the gathering between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur that he arranged 30 years ago where thousands of boys gathered at the Bubba Base Medrash in Borough Park and joined by a whopping 30,000 additional children from around the world via live stream. They recited to Hillam to beseech God on behalf of those who are ill in our community. I'll never forget that. In fact, I was thinking of it the other day, how that gathering was so was so, um, bef- so be- before its time. And uh, what they did there and what Yankee Meyer arranged, I saw it with my own eyes. I was there, my own eyes and ears. In the early days, even in the early days, it was a massive crowd. So he is uh, no longer with us, which is so hard to believe, at the tender age of 58. And um, he leaves a gaping hole. Those who say that uh, it will take multiple people to replace him, that's an understatement. And something else that was written about him that I think bears repeating, and that is that uh, he truly was the king of chesed. And I say it like that because he was not just a Rebbe of Chesed. He was not just someone you can emulate, learn from, and incorporate those deeds into your own life. Believe me, he was that. But on top of that, he was the king of Chesed. He was the one, the leader that everyone turned to. He was the calm. He was the, the peacefulness. The, you know, nothing's too, nothing's, you know, nothing's too much of a circumstance to not be able to deal with. We'll get through this. That was him. The king of Chesed. And uh, he will be missed. He will be missed on a lot of levels by a lot of people around the world. He'll be missed terribly. Yankee Meyer. Funeral later this morning in Borough Park, Brooklyn. More coming up. It's a Friday morning Erev Shabbos edition of JM in the AM. Throughout all the years of hardships and tears We've looked up above for help and for love When crossing the sea or for family We all stood strong and called out in song
in the AM. Renewal has just announced a, uh, a Brooklyn event, an awareness and swabbing event that's going to happen for Mrs. Javi Diamond and Dr. Jay Bienenfeld. Those of you in the Brooklyn area who want to come into the Brooklyn area this coming Monday, it's Monday, September the 12th, starting at 8 p.m. The awareness and swabbing event, we want to get a kidney for Jay Bienenfeld. We want to get a kidney for Javi Diamond. The awareness and swabbing event is this coming Monday, beginning at 8 p.m. at Congregation Nachlas Yoshua, 1301 East 27th Street in Brooklyn. Uh, Rabbi Josh Sturm of Renewal is going to be speaking. Uh, I was at the event this past Sunday. It's inspiring. It really is. Try to go. I'm going to have Avrami put this information on our Chesed page, nachomsegel.com slash chesed, nachomsegel.com slash chesed. Again, Monday night, if you know anybody in the Brooklyn area, let them know. Swabbing and awareness event for Renewal. We want kidneys, ASAP, for two very special people. Congregation Nachlas Yoshua, 1301 East 27th Street in Brooklyn. Renewal.org for information. Again, later today, we'll have it up at nachomsegel.com slash chesed. Nachomsegel.com slash chesed. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nachomsegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Listener Klein says, sad news for the whole Jewish kahila. If Yankee Meyer just created Misaskim, it would have been more than enough. I must learn from him to step up my game. We all could, starting with the JM and the AM Elul Chesed project. Baruch Dayan Ha'emet. Thank you very much. Yeah, we, um, 
Like I, he was the king. He was the king of Chesed. We could learn from him. Terry says we were unfortunately one of those shiva houses after Pesach this year that were able to be calm that all the needs will be met. Chesed shall emet. So true. Chani says my father was nifted a night before Erev Pesach in L.A. It was a three-day antiv and burial was in New York. Yankee Meyer enabled Kvur on Sunday after a three-day antiv as the plane coming from a time difference of three hours earlier and the cemetery gates closing at four would have made it impossible for burial on Sunday already five days after the death. Yankee made sure to meet the body at the airport, got a police escort to the cemetery, said the body was released and quickly escorted to the cemetery so that burial was possible on Sunday after a three-day holiday. We will forever be grateful. Baruch Dayanemis, I'm sure he will be greeted in Gan Eden by all the neshamas of those he helped. Oh, that is so true. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. By the way, I'm going to ask Avrami to put the Mizaskim website on our Chesed campaign. Let's make donations to Mizaskim in memory of Yankee Meyer. Mizaskim.org. Let us um, donate to Mizaskim and Yankee's memory. Add that to our Elul Chesed campaign. Imagine how many supplies they're going to need when Yontav ends. I mean, I'm hoping that nobody passes away, you know, between Yom Kippur and the end of Sukkot, but, you know. In case it happens, those seem to be very busy weeks, to say the least. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Boker Tov from Jam and the Am. המאבק לקיצור תורנויות המתמחים. הדוקטור שני סבוראי מתמחה באורטופדיה ששובטת רעב מזה חמישה ימים במחאה על הדחייה בשנה וחצי של קיצור התורנויות. פונתה לבית החולים קפלן לאחר שחשה ברע. סבוראי קיבלה טיפול והחליטה להמשיך בשביתת הרעב. כתבתנו לענייני בריאות טל אור מאירסון מציינת שכרגע שובטים רעב שלושה רופאים ושני סטודנטים לרפואה. צל המתיחות ביהודה ושומרון נמשכת פעילות המעצרים של צה"ל. כוחות הביטחון עצרו הלילה חמישה מבוקשים במספר מוקדים ביהודה ושומרון. בזמן פעילות הלוחמים במחנה הפליטים על עזה ובכפר ארטס, חשודים פלסטינים ידעו אבנים, השליכו בקבוקי תבערה וזרקו מטענים לעבר הכוחות. הלוחמים הגיבו באמצעים לפיזור הפגנות, אין נפגעים לכוחותינו. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. תאונות הדרכים באילת נפצע קשיש בן 93 בהתהפכות קלנועית בשדרות ששת הימים בעיר. צוותי מד הפינות או לבית החולים יוספטל במצב בינוני עם חבלות בגפיים. ובנתניה רוכב אופנוע בן 18 במצב בינוני לאחר שנפצע ברחוב שפיגלמן בעיר. כתבתנו עדה שטייף מוסרת שהוא פונה על ידי צוותי מגן דוד אדום לבית החולים לניאדו. תאונות העבודה פועל בן 54 במצב בינוני כשנפגע מכף מנוף משאית במהלך עבודתו בראשון לציון. צוותים רפואיים פינו אותו לבית החולים שמיר אסף הרופא כשהוא סובל מחבלת ראש. 
היום שאחרי מותה של מלכת אנגליה אליזבת השנייה, הערב בשעה שמונה שעון ישראל, צפוי המלך צ'ארלס לשאת את נאומו הראשון על כס המלוכה, זאת אחרי שיפגש עם ראש ממשלת בריטניה ליז טראס. בתוך כך, מארמון בקינגהם נמסר כי תקופת האבל על המלכה תסתיים שבוע אחרי הלוויה, שמועדה יאושר בהמשך. כתבת חדשות החוץ שחר קרנוטובסקי מזכירה כי בעוד שעה, בשעה שלוש בצהריים, שעון ישראל, יושמעו בלונדון 96 יריות כבוד כמניין שנותיה של המלכה. מזג האוויר בהיר עם מעונן חלקית. בהיר עם עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות שתהיינה גבוהות מהרגיל לעונה אחר הצהריים תתחזקנה ארוחות לאורך החוף. אלה החדשות. Soon will come the Shabbos A long busy week Will soon come to a close You rush to put on All those finishing touches As a spirit of peace Descends on your home Shalom Aleichem Aleichem Shores Malachem מי מלך מלכי המלכים הקדוש ברוך הוא. The candles are lit and the table's been set The smells of the Shabbos envelop your home Come back from shul And as you open the door You're welcomed with greetings Shabbat Shalom Oachem l'shalom Alachem shalom Malachem Mihi melech Malachem l'achim Hakodosh Hey! 
JM in the AM. That's Dovidal brand new with Malachaya Shalom. More coming up, uh, hour number two on a Friday morning broadcast, and you are listening to JM in the AM. Yes, it's time to make Aliyah LaRegel. It's time to celebrate Sukkot in Israel. And what better way to celebrate Sukkot than to make a reservation at the Ramada Jerusalem Hotel with their spacious, family-friendly sukkah and public spaces, first-class gourmet Yerushalayim Mahadran OU Glot meals. It's an affordable experience for the entire family. Ramada Jerusalem Hotel, the highest standard of kashrus and incomparable service. For reservations, send an email to reservations at herzlhotel.com. That's H-E-R-Z-L hotel.com. Or check out the website at Jerusalem Ramada Hotel. If you're interested in making a simcha at the hotel, contact Yaakov Kessler at events at HerzlHotel.com. And be sure to tell them you heard it on the Nahum Siegel Network. JM in the AM, <clears throat> Friday morning era of Shabbos, and today we are remembering our dear friend Yanki Meyer, who passed away at the very young age of 58. This happened just a few hours ago. The news started uh, getting around at about 1 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, for those of you who didn't know him, there is an article on my Facebook page, uh, a brilliant article by the editor of the Yeshiva World News, which describes the chesed that uh, Yanki initiated. So many different things, not just Ms. Askin, but so many different things. A man of vision, a man of innovation. And a man, and I'm going to say this again, there are a couple of points today that, that have to be made more than once. In addition to him being the king of chesed, the person everybody would, would turn to when needed. In addition to that, he had this unbelievable knack, this incredible ability to represent our people so well in front of government officials, in front of members of police forces and fire departments, in front of mayors and commissioners. He had this unique ability to represent us so well, and that's why he was respected so much. That's why every mayor since Giuliani and every commissioner since that era and every government official since that era took him very seriously and, and had tremendous respect for him because he demonstrated incredible respect as he was uh, going through the day trying to help people and uh, never name-calling and never pressure situations. He would put people under. He utilized the friendships and relationships that he had made to try to get stuff done and did it with a calculated, proper procedure. And that was only for the betterment of our people. That was, that was to really keep a very, very close relationship between our people, government officials, security personnel, other communities as strong as possible. And he was brilliant at it. Someone pointed out in the article that... Um, I didn't know this about him. He had an incredible uh, manner, an incredible way about him in breaking tragic, immediate news to relatives. Something happens, a terrible accident, and life has now changed in 10 minutes. And he had a way of, um, of breaking news like that to family members. Not that it's ever easy, obviously, but it, uh, he knew how to do it to, to make it as, as, as painless as possible, if one could even say that. But I think you know what I mean. 
to, to lessen the pain to drop. And certainly the panic that goes, that goes along with that pain. Yanki Meyer was a giant in Chesed. Simple as that. There's no other way to say it. And it is rare, as I said earlier, especially with a global audience these days and a lot of people listening, especially on a Friday, it is rare that we speak a lot about a person who's had an impact in a specific section of the community. Um, but in this case, uh, he did not have an impact on a specific section of the community. He had an impact on international jury he had an impact around the world with what he did and what he taught others to do. And it may take a lot of people to replace him, but at least they will have had an incredible example throughout their experience. So working with him and learning from him. Funeral takes place later today. Um, the address for 1030 Eastern time this morning for the funeral. The address is, give me a second. Um, 1123 57th Street in Brooklyn. 1123 57th Street in Brooklyn, New York. Feel free to comment on the app about this or anything. There are people with beautiful comments on the app this morning about Yankee. Feel free to comment if you wish. The NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be on Zoom. I mean, I, I would imagine it would be available somehow. Um, but I don't know. I have not been given, given any Zoom information. I'm assuming Yeshiva World will update every, every you know, bit of detail that comes out. They'll have it in that article eventually. Um, but that, that's an, it, that is an important funeral to be Zoomed. People need to hear what he was all about. No question about it. Um, if we find out anything before 9 a.m., great. If not, then, uh, and obviously, you know, utilize our suggestions, please, in terms of how to uh, find out uh, information. A reminder, the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek happens at 10 a.m. Eastern time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, 10 o'clock this morning Eastern time. It's an amazing show. Make sure to be tuned in. In fact, Make sure you're tuned in all through the day to our incredible NSN app because it is the absolute best way to prepare for Shabbos. You can ask around, ask people who listen, they will tell you. It changes their era of Shabbos only for the better. Simple as that. Harry Rothenberg with words about Parshas Kitetze. Here he is on a Friday morning era of Shabbos at JM in the AM. At the very beginning of this week's Parsha, we learned three consecutive laws. The first tells us that with certain caveats, a Jewish soldier is allowed to marry a beautiful non-Jewish woman taken as a captive in war. The second law prohibits a man with two wives, one whom he likes and one whom he doesn't, from favoring the firstborn son of the beloved wife over the older firstborn son of the wife whom he doesn't like. And the third law involves the wayward, rebellious son. The commentators explain that the reason we have those laws back to back to back is that one leads to two, which leads to three. If the Jewish soldier marries a beautiful captive, he'll end up with a wife that he really doesn't like, and then he'll end up with a rebellious son. Which begs the question, if there's going to be such a disastrous outcome, why does the Torah allow it? Why not prohibit the soldier from marrying the captive? And the answer, perhaps, 
is that the Torah is teaching us, God's telling us, that just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. There's a similar example in the Talmud. A person does a particular action and goes through, it works, but the Talmud tells us that he acted like a Ramai, like a trickster. That's the way that Lavan is described. Lavan, Yaakov's father-in-law, who switched brides on Yaakov on the wedding day. That's horrible. Why in the world would the Torah allow somebody to act like Lavan, like a trickster? And the answer again, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Rabbis so often are boxed in. We ask them questions, and all we want to know is yes or no. Am I allowed or not? I'm not asking for advice. I'm not asking for what I should do. I just want to know, is it allowed or not? I'll give you an example. Many years ago, I was playing in a football league, not a Jewish league. There was a game scheduled on the eve of Yom Kippur. So I asked my rabbi, am I allowed to play in the game? He said, if you're asking me, are you allowed? Under Jewish law, absolutely. There was no prohibition that says, thou shalt not play football on Erev Yom Kippur. However, he continued, before I could hang up the phone, if you're asking me, should you play? That's a trickier question. I personally think that where you are currently in life, if you have an extra hour or two available on Erev Yom Kippur, they're probably better uses of your time. So I didn't play. And for me, that was a pretty big deal. Not as big a deal as Sandy Koufax not pitching in the World Series on Yom Kippur, but a big deal nonetheless. But still, there's the lingering question as a friend once posed it to me. Why does it have to be so complicated? Why can't God just make it clear? Do this, don't do that. That's allowed, that's not. Why do you have these gray areas? Well, it's allowed, but you shouldn't. And the answer is, that God wants to give us an opportunity to mature in our relationship with Him. Little kids only understand yes or no. Yes, you can have that lollipop, or no, you can't. As kids get older, more mature, you can say something like, I think it's beneath you. They can understand that. That same question that I asked about playing football on Erev Yom Kippur might have been a different answer when I was 15. Absolutely, no prohibition, go ahead. Maybe a different answer at 25. But at 35, already married with kids and really working on myself, it's a different answer. We need room to grow, we need room to mature. And there's a really good time of year to take stock. Think about the actions, even the ones that are allowed, still, even though it's allowed, should we be doing them? Hey, hello. 
J.M. and the A.M. Eshashchayel done by Mordechai Shapiro. Before that, you heard Simcha Liner and Achas. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, a little bit of a different Friday, as we've been saying. It is Erev Shabbos Parshas Kitetze with candlelighting time at 6.54 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are, 6.54 here in New York. And I say it's a different kind of Friday because today we're mourning the loss of our dear friend, Yankee Meyer. Brilliant article on Yeshiva World, which we have on our Facebook page. Go to facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel and you could read it there. Funeral takes place later this morning. He passed away at the age of 58. He was the king of Chesed, and I don't think anybody would argue with me on that. What we can learn from what he has done in his life. Um, what can I say? One person can make an amazing difference. That's something that we learn quite often. And the he... Excuse me. He was somebody who uh, made a real difference. A real difference. And he was involved, as we said, with the, so many 
so many um, different initiatives and, and so many different government officials and so many different so many different authorities and dealt with them in such a respectful manner. No other way to say it. Just dealt with them in, a, in such a respectful manner. And it's something we could all learn from. Just amazing the way he handled himself and the way the, um, the government officials, the authorities, the commissioners, the mayors, the way they thought of him. And by the way, and I know this a little bit from the experience that I mentioned earlier regarding my father's disappearance and eventual passing. Obviously, Masaskim, well, I shouldn't say obviously, Masaskim and Yankee Meyer were involved to, to an incredible degree. They led the entire search, frankly. And uh, he had to deal with a lot of out-of-town situations, a lot of out-of-town situations. Someone commented on the app earlier and told a story about a really serious out-of-town situation to get someone buried after Yontif, after a three-day Yontif, 3,000 miles from where they were. And um, he had this ability when introduced to somebody who was in a position of authority, even in a place that they weren't familiar with the Jewish community, he had this ability to connect with them and gave them tremendous respect, and he, in turn, got that same respect from them. So we remember Yanki Meyer this morning, a little bit of a different Friday era of Shabbos program. We remember him, and we hope that, um, that everybody will learn from his incredible example because uh, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. Yedin Nefes Obodrachamon Misho Yechav Decho El Ritzoi Necho Yor Tzav Decho Kimoi Ayod Yishtachav El Mul Adorecho Yerav Eloi Yedid Oisecho Vechol Toam
Yoni Z with you did Nefesh here at JM in the AM. There you have it. Malcolm Holmline coming up, Vice Chairman, Executive, uh, Vice Chairman of Conference of Presidents, I should say, major American Jewish organizations. By the way, a reminder that um, that our NachumSiegel.com slash Chesed page continues to uh, grow. To support Ms. Oskim in memory of um, Yankee Meyer. The link is there. The Sukkah Shadchan. The phone number is there. Kupath Ezra to help people before Yontif. The uh, link is there. Uh, the renewal event, September the 12th. Awareness and swabbing event for Javi Diamond and Jay Bienenfeld this coming Monday, beginning at 8 p.m. at Congregation Nachas Yehoshua, 1301 East 27th Street in Brooklyn. Go get swabbed. InformationRenewal.org. The flyer is on the site, com slash chesed. Uh, to support Jews from the former Soviet Union and the Ukraine, Bris Avram, that link is up there. Chevra Gamach, that I discussed with Naftali Solomon, that's up there. To help first responders in our community before Yontif. So, com slash chesed. That list continues to grow. Take the next couple of weeks and make sure, well, and more. 
You do it. You could do it for the next three and a half weeks with Rosh Hashanah and Kippur time coming up. More, four weeks, right? What's today? Today's the thirteenth of Elul. Yeah, till Sukkot we've got uh, a month and two days. Got plenty of time. Use the time wisely. Let's learn the lessons of the great King of Chesed, Yankee Meyer of blessed memory. Um, Malcolm Holmline will join us. Plenty more coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. is the fate of all mankind No one can avoid the bustle and the grind Rushing to meetings Closing the deal On the phone, on the road Buying, selling, spinning wheels It's easy to lose balance Chasing money and success But there's a special treasure With which we have been blessed And as each day passes, joy fills the air Waiting for the moment to stand up and declare Baruch Hashem Shabbos Heilige Tayere Shabbos In the candles glow, our neshamas grow Baruch Hashem Shabbos Hashem Shabbos Heilige Tayere Shabbos Once the wine is poured We become restored Baruch Hashem Shabbos Sheishas Yomim Tavoy For six days every week we work hard and struggle just to make ends meet. But once out of seven, we all become kings who greet Shabbos Amalco by rising up to sing. As we learn and pray, tension melts away. At work, when I hear the boss, I jump to shop to go to school. I'm always parking by a pump, but all of the worry goes down the drain when my wife and children join me in singing very
Shabbos is the day we get to catch our breath, making sure our lives have purpose with meaning and with depth. Hashem loves us, knows just what we need. So let these words be on the lips of every single yid. to bond with those we love. And there's one more plus. Our parents spend more time with us. Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbos. Zusha with Melach Malchaya, Journeys Before That and Baruch Hashem at Shabbos. It's going to be a little bit of a different weekly update because of um, some of the uh, circumstances of the day. In addition to um, spending a good part of this morning talking about our dear friend Yankee Meyer. And again, we don't spend a lot of time uh, when an influential figure passes away. Um, we don't spend a lot of time on it if it's somebody that's usually 
limited to a specific region or yeshiva made a major impact, but you know people around the world would really not know who it was. So we, we were careful about that. In the case of Yanki Meyer, as I said earlier, um, I am sure everybody listening around the world at some point was uh, affected in a positive manner by uh, his work. It just it wouldn't make sense otherwise, or a family member or a friend of theirs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Truly, an international man of Chesed, the king of Chesed, if you will. And during our Elul Chesed campaign, we have somebody to emulate. We always had him to emulate during his life, but now people will pay even more attention to some of the things that he did as we uh, remember him on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos, a little bit of a different Friday morning Erev Shabbos show. Also, Malcolm and I were at a what I consider to be a historic occasion yesterday, which we'll talk about during the weekly update as well. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, don't forget our friends at jewishworldreview.com if you're looking for a... Um, an amazing and incredible way to get um, up to date on what's happening in Israel and this uh, crazy world of ours. JewishWorldReview.com is a great place to start. Print out all the articles before Shabbos and start educating yourself over the weekend. Again, go to JewishWorldReview.com and enjoy. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Ma- uh, ex- Malcolm Honline is Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Friday mornings at this time for the weekly update. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Always good to be with you. You know, we, you and I have been, um, and I know the weekly update, and we'll, and we'll get to the news of the day eventually, um, but I, 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 you and I have, uh, over the last few weeks especially, but really over the last few decades, have spent certain Friday mornings talking about the difference one person can make uh, I have certainly briefed those who did not know Yankee Meyer this morning in uh, in totality about uh, at least what we know in terms of what he did for the international Jewish community and I would say for for humankind in general, frankly. Um, but one of the themes that you and I have been touching on um, when discussing the lives of uh, of people who've made an impact uh, recently is that one person can make such an incredible difference it must have been interesting from your vantage point uh, watching him work and seeing him make that difference it's hard to put into words uh, the contribution he made the dedication he demonstrated uh, i've known him for many many years when he first started um and you know it's a it's not only the difference he changed worlds how many families he impacted what misaskim does today is already taken for granted yeah. but it it was such a novel idea and 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 many people were skeptical at first you know about about this service but it's in fact the time when people need it most uh it, it's in the league with with Hatsala, with uh, the other incredible initiatives that have been taken but here you had one individual who really carried it and executed it and sustained it over the years. I, I think people will only, as he noted, come to appreciate fully what he meant and what he did uh, now that when people start to reflect on it, it was something you took for granted. And, and I hardly know a family that, that didn't need to call on them and didn't, you know, in the course of life, for, for assistance at, at a moment when your head is not on on thinking about the chairs and the shtender and the sudurim and everything all of a sudden showed up. And uh, I can't tell you how many people have expressed um, this, these sentiments about the impact. That I, I got to make, I got to make two more points and you're the best person to make them with. Uh, the first is that, um, 
you've heard, I don't know how many times, I can only imagine how many times you've heard after someone's passing that it will take multiple people to replace them. Uh, it's not just a line. It's true. And in this case, I think you'd agree that it's really true. It's going to take many people to get to the scope of what he covered in terms of chesed in our community. I think it already has taken many to keep up with him and to implement his vision and to sustain it. I think you're absolutely right. It will, it's a burden now the community has to take. I mean, I think he established it in a way that will be able to continue, which is a real test of leadership. Right. And he, I think he will, um, he will, it will be sure that Ms. Oskim's work will not end. And But it was not just Ms. Oskim. Right. He, he did so many other things that this is the most visible thing that people know to attribute to him. But he intervened. He helped so many people with uh, such a variety of cases from medical situations to other things that, uh, you know, we just, you heard it and you just took it for granted. Uh, look, personally, a lot of people who are longtime listeners know that he was there and coordinated the entire effort to search for my missing father back in 2008. So I could say that from a personal standpoint. I can also say, and I got a million stories, frankly. I can also say that when one of our children hit a deer in an area of New York State that was completely deserted in the middle of the night, uh, my wife said to me, call Yankee. And sure enough, within minutes, the state trooper in the local area was there to help them and get them you know, back to where they were going. So, yeah, that's just a couple of examples. And by the way, on the state trooper thing, I must say, one, this is the second point I wanted to make with you, or the additional point. The... Um, what, what, why was he able to interact the way he did with members of the Port Authority, with police commissioners and fire commissioners, with every mayor since Giuliani, as Yeshiva World described it, uh, uh, with, with all these government officials? He had tremendous calm reverence and respect for everybody that he spoke to. It could be somebody in a different state who never even heard of a rabbi or a Jew. And when he connected with them because of an emergency that had to be taken care of, there was an immediate connection because of the tremendous respect he had. He, you know what you and I always like to say about certain people once they're gone? We love to say that he represented us well. When he was the spokesman for our community, we knew we didn't have to worry. And boy, that's something that you really can appreciate. I appreciate him on so many levels, but you're absolutely right. It's, and it's not just that he respected everybody, but everybody respected him yep. because they saw that there was somebody without any other ulterior motive, agenda, anything that it was so pure. Uh, the motivation was so pure and obvious. And the way that he treated others is the way they, they came to treat him. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Anyway, we remember Yankee Meyer. Funeral later today in Brooklyn, New York. Someone very dear to this show and this network and somebody, frankly, whose loss is going to be very difficult for our community to overcome. Um, and I thank you, Malcolm, for helping me with that. Um, all right, we'll, we'll get to the Queen and all the news and everything. Just one more thing. You and I had the privilege of being at the um, uh, the Hanukkah Tabay, the dedication of the brand new uh, location premises of the Orthodox Union, uh, downtown Manhattan yesterday. And Malcolm, I got to get your perspective because look, you've seen so many organizations over all these decades and a lot of them have their ups and downs and, you know, the graph, you know, goes in different directions and there are different eras, etc. It, it just seems to me that the trajectory for the OU, even being the age that they are officially as an organization, just continues to go up. What's your impression of what we saw yesterday? Well, the new headquarters, I think, reflects the growth, and, and very few people understand 
They know the OU as a symbol of kashras. Some know about NCSY and the amazing work they do. But few know the true scope of the, the union's work um, in supporting shuls and reaching out in, in a variety of programs for all aspects of the Orthodox community and that it it really operates below the radar. They have a Washington office that's very effective. They have so many that on the state level, uh, they lead in so many of the campaigns, but they're not the grandstanders. They're people, and Rabbi Hauer, I think the, the executive is, a, is an example of that. I think Moshe Bain, the president is, and so are many the others. They look to get things done, and they're reliable partners and allies as they have been throughout the years, whether it was Soviet Jewry and all the things that I was involved in, the OU's leadership was present and active. And the the um, people always say to me, well, Kashra says money, and, and I say, yeah, but all that money is then devoted to services to the community. Yeah. And I think when we walked through the place yesterday, I think getting to see how many people work there, how much is being done in the different divisions is um, is very inspiring. And Mazel Tov to Rabbi Hauer, to Rabbi Dr. Josh Joseph, to Mike Spain, as you mentioned, the entire lay leadership. Uh, a big milestone, to say the least. And uh, they do everything in a contemporary manner, which is so unusual for older organizations. They insist on being state-of-the-art 2022. That should be recognized and emulated. Uh, Malcolm Holine with us, Vice Chairman of Conference of Presidents, Major American Jewish Organizations. All right, some news out there. Uh, we heard about the passing of Queen Elizabeth. You've actually told us some tidbits about the royal family vis-a-vis -vis Israel and vis-a-vis -vis the Jewish community over the years. Feel free, obviously, uh, to repeat some of those today. They're, they're, they're interesting tidbits. There's so many different pieces of information are coming out. I don't know what to believe, frankly, and what not to believe in terms of uh, the Queen uh, and Israel and the Jewish community, etc. Isn't it interesting how um, she ruled for all these decades, for seven decades, and there's always been an intertwined history, or I should say modern history, between Great Britain and what would eventually become the state of Israel. If you look at the first half of the 20th century, Malcolm, I don't have to tell you, but if anybody looks at the first half of the 20th century, it's amazing how the Great Britain is completely intertwined in many different ways with what ends up being the future state of Israel. Yes, and as the party that had responsibility, we're obviously um, playing a critical role. But I think her uh, particular role, remembering covering uh, almost the entirety of Israel's existence, the um, the fact that she never visited Israel, uh, and that there was a sort of a policy, whether explicit or implicit, that royals didn't visit, paid formal visits. Uh, her husband did pay a visit because his mother is buried on Harazesim on the Mount of Olives. She was, and her story is quite remarkable in and of itself. She she harbored a Jewish family in Greece when she she was living in Athens during the war, the Second World War, and she harbored a Jewish family there. And she later became a nun and asked to be buried in, in the Mount of Olives. Wow! And at Shimon Peres's funeral. Um, I, I met Prince Charles, uh, now King Charles III, right. and he, he was—he had this big blue yarmulke with a gold emblem on it. It was quite—it was sort of a crown more than a yarmulke, but it—he um, he was standing there, and I was right. And he was sitting in the front row, and nobody was paying attention. So I walked over, and we had a, a talk, and I said that I had just seen because I had been at the Mount of Olives to see 
that I, I saw his grandmother's grave. And he, he said, well, can I see it from here? And I said, no, but you can visit it. It's very close. And the, the, he asked me questions about it and we got into a discussion about how she was there. And it, it, he, he called over an aide. I'm giving you the short version mm-hmm. of this because, but it was all televised. It was all on CNN because we were right in the front row of the thing as we were waiting for the rest of the dignitaries to show up. And, and we had an animated discussion about it. And he said to me, he called over an aide and said, I want to go there. And they said, no, 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 you, you can't go there. <laughs> sort of stuttering and having a, a combination of, uh, I think they were apoplectic uh, in the process. And he kept saying, well, it's complicated to do And he looked at him, he said, I want to go there. I just heard from him that it's not far from here. And we can, I said, it's only a few minutes drive. He went. And of course, the next day it was a big story, you know, 10 Downing Street, everybody got involved in the fact that, that Prince Charles paid a visit because he was there on an official visit. Right. His father, as I said, had paid a private visit. But he went then subsequently when he went to, to Israel thereafter. The queen visited 120 countries, but she never visited Israel. And, uh, you know, I guess the historians will have a lot to say about that. Should we assume that King Charles will now never visit Israel? No, I don't think you can assume that. It's, um, you know, he's had a close relationship with the Jewish community. I think the Queen did too. Uh, they want a close relationship with the chief rabbi, especially Rabbi Sachs, I know. And if you look at the glowing tributes from Rabbi Merwis and others of the leadership of the Jewish community in England, uh, you see that they had a, a relationship with the royals and, the, and including the Queen. Uh, and I remember stories that Rabbi Sachs used to, to tell so, um, you know, we shouldn't draw quick conclusions. And what about the, uh, you know, these these tidbits that are coming out, these stories that she convinced her father to assist with the kinder transport, that uh, uh, that she, uh, you know, wrote letters to principals of of private schools where when they're, you know, the students behaved in a proper manner because she was so taken by how some of the Jewish children in a positive way uh, would behave when she would visit, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, do we know which which of these are true, which aren't? No, they're all true. I think that, you know, people are complicated. There are a lot of facets, especially when you were a royal for as many years as she was, and had go to, went through a lot of different phases. Uh, but uh, clearly, I mean, I know British Jews who attest to, to the relationship and feel very close, and the community will mourn her loss, like all of Britain will, or most of Britain will. And I think, you know, people, as I said, you have to leave it to the historians to sort things out, and then we'll come up with a more comprehensive picture. Right, understood. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Our listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and com on the NachumSegal Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. What can you tell us about the Israeli raids at the Aleppo airport? It's a very important uh, development, and it's uh, part of a series of attacks, and I've been reporting on for a long time, and underscoring the significance, even though people sort of take for granted, uh, this was, uh, it follows an attack on Damascus Airport, and then an attack on the Aleppo Airport, but a second one, which now really did much more devastating damage, the runways, the facilities there, 
And it's being done because the Iranians are using the airports to transport weapons that are going to their militias in in Syria and to Hezbollah. They transport money, they transport weapons and ammunition. And Israel has made clear that it's not going to allow this just to go unfettered and, and resists uh, these things. And the um, they have much more freedom of action for a number of reasons. One, that Russia took out some of the S-300, the anti-aircraft systems, and they shipped them to the Ukraine. You see that the leaders of Syria have called on Iran not to carry out any actions against Israel from their territory. The Russians also called on Iran not to, to do it. But why? Uh, why? And they're not providing... Because they don't want to see Iran take over. None of them want to see the expansion. First of all, they will not allow Assad to rule. So it's they sort of will, like saying to them, you're not going to fight our war for us. No, they're saying that we don't want Iran to become the dominant factor in Syria, which with the Russians being preoccupied elsewhere, they will. Be, they were the guys who backed Assad from the beginning, so he was obligated to them. But, you know, they've done population exchange. They've brought in Shiite populations. They're, they're trying to take over permanently Syria, as they are in Iraq, as they have in Lebanon. And they, you know, they're using Hezbollah as a front and, and their operators there, but they have their own militias, which involves thousands and thousands of people. You know, people envisage when we, we talk about militias that there's some ragtag groups. It's not true. And they have expanded their activities in Israel cannot allow it because it becomes an existential threat if they are able to put all the missiles. There's 150,000 missiles in the hands of Hezbollah now in Lebanon, but they also send guidance systems, which makes them much more sophisticated. And the, the this attack Israel did from the Mediterranean, so it's not to challenge the Russians, uh, who, but who have given them, I think, uh, a lot of uh, leeway to continue to... to um, carry out these attacks. So there are other attacks that go on, and Israel has um, has made it very clear that it, it cannot stop, it cannot um, pull out, because this, they will fill the void immediately, as they have, and they constantly, the, Russia, the Iranians try to move uh, closer and closer to the border. They're also violating the rights of Muslims in the south so of, of Syria, so the... the um, you know, this is a, a, a complicated situation, but the, the raids on Syria are very important. So that's why the world basically is quiet, or if I'm right, because I, I didn't see much reaction. The world's quiet about most things. You know? Right. They, they, but, but usually when Israel does something or anything, especially, you know, an act like this, someone's going to say so. There are critics, obviously, people who warn in the, the U.N., but the, but the uh, you know the UN has become so fickle. There the 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 uh, UNIFIL troops are, are doing nothing, and they don't try to stop the flow. The in fact, there was a complaint filed by the UN against uh, with Hezbollah about the fact that they, you know, have have essentially kept the UNIFIL troops to their bases, and they don't interfere. But they haven't interfered for years. Look at all the tunnels, all the stuff. They they have to see it, and they know of the buildup of the troops, but they did almost nothing and the uh, I, I think that the you know the world looks at this and sees that you know Israel is on the side of right there's no real constituency for Syria and you know the government really is not that much in charge so they they get away with a lot and and here for Iran who, who's expanding their activities everywhere we see it 
you just if you look in the last week, Albania broke relationship with with them because they were using they hacked into their government systems and they threw out their ambassador. Gave him 24 hours to leave. Uh, Azerbaijan and, and Iran tensions are escalating very much. The um, uh, we see their activities in in South Africa and Southern Africa expanding. And the and the Hezbollah's activities in South Africa. We've talked many times about about uh, uh, America. Yep. So, and that has and then on top of that, we have the negotiations. And Sweden filed filed complaints. They just published an eighty page report this week about how Iranians are stealing their nuclear secrets and trying to get the technology that is relevant to the nuclear program from Sweden. <sighs> Boy, oh boy, there's a lot going on, and it's hard to keep track of all of it. Um, I should have attached this to the uh, to Queen conversation. What do we know about the brand new Prime Minister of Great Britain? She has a, a track record that is positive. Um, she's had a very short political career, but it's uh, it's positive, and the anticipation is that she'll continue the uh, Johnson mode of relationship with Israel, which was very positive, especially in comparison to previous governments. Right. Uh, there's always hope, I guess, right? Hope springs eternal, especially when there's a change in government. Um, That's true. The, uh, the journalist, this is how the Times puts it. The Israeli army has concluded that the Palestinian-American broadcaster was probably killed by one of its own soldiers, but stopped short of accepting definitive blame. What do you think of the coverage of this uh, piece of news that Israel, in fact, has uh, admitted that it likely came from one of their own? Look, the world condemned Israel. All the media ganged up. The fact that thousands of journalists have been killed over the last years that, and nobody knows their names or, or makes a case out of it. In this instance, you know, of course, everybody knows uh, Shireen and, and they, all the publicity that some of this coverage afterwards was so obsequious and so um, distorted. Israel, unlike all these other countries, it launches an investigation did not say it was conclusive. They said it is likely, but not. Uh, they didn't conclude definitively that it was. Right. And uh, I mean, who else does it? Now they're calling for a review, I mean, including America, a review of the, the, the policies and weapons. And both Gantz and the defense minister and the prime minister, Lapid and others, all said that's outrageous. <laughs> you know, Israel, which is facing every hour, every day, these threats, including in the last 24 hours, and the the actions uh, in Janine and elsewhere, where soldiers are coming under fire, where the you know weapons are being used, it's not uh, uh, incidental. It's not knifing. Even these are they're using automatic weapons, and the the constant attacks and the, the miraculous event yesterday, where these two young soldiers just saw a guy that they thought was suspicious. Yep. They approached him and found a machine gun in his, his uh, and said he was about to carry out a terrorist attack. We talk we talk about the terrorist attacks that Israel thwarts that we never read about, don't see, and uh, there's no reason you know there's no reason not to believe that because you know you've proven to us a million times that there's so many attacks that Israeli intelligence is able to intercept. But it just seems over the last couple of weeks, e either some of them are just hitting the press. And they're being reported on, or or it's just at a level that we don't normally see. Doesn't it seem like there's a proliferation of these attacks that are being stopped by Israeli security forces at this point? There's definitely a proliferation. There's a proliferation of attacks within Israel, and you remember there were, a lot of people were were killed uh, earlier this year, and now the the continuation, and there are 
are uh, car rammings and other incidents which become so commonplace that they hardly get any coverage, certainly not here in Israel. Obviously, they do. But, the, yeah, the world becomes inured to it. But Israel, unlike any of the other countries, is not given the right to defend itself, to take the steps necessary. And part of it is also because the PA has uh, sort of relinquished its, uh, its role as being uh, responsible. And while there's still cooperation between Israel and PA security, it, it, the PA itself has uh, failed, and Israel is constantly calling on them to do to do much more to take responsibility. Um, but but they don't. Yeah, understood. Do you think Putin is sick, tired, or sick and tired? <laughs> Maybe all <laughs> the above. Um, and I think uh, you know he's he's mired in a in a conflict that I don't think he anticipated would go would have this course. Yeah, it looks like Zelensky's um, doubling down. They are definitely doubling down. They're taking the the uh, more aggressive position, and they've recaptured some villages. But I think you have to look at the what is the Kherson region, which is also the gateway to Crimea, which Zelensky has said that he wants to regain. But the you know this, they're going into winter, and it's it, the troops get bogged down, and especially with the supply lines. It's a lesson you learned from history, and uh, the. You know, there's bound to be more and more reaction at home um, against him. If uh, if they would, if he loses it, it it I think would be very fatal to his regime. Wow, unbelievable! Five Palestinians, two accused of spying for Israel, were executed in Gaza. They have they have quite a justice system over there in Gaza. No world reaction to this story, right? Well, two of them were accused of spying for Israel, and three of them for other crimes. But you're absolutely right. That is the point, that there, there's no reaction to the fact that they execute five people. By the way, Iran executed a lot of people, including um, uh, Hamas. Uh, also, there, were, there was execution of the LGBT activists, and it, none of it gets even a, a wink of, of attention. Uh, by the way, Hamas and, and Pidge are now in a very heated fight over responsibility for the the missiles that misfired and there was an accounts where where they said that that the pidge actually killed more palestinians in gaza than were killed by israel's response to the rocket fire by their misfired uh, rockets and the um, you know the tensions in the region in inside gaza itself um, seems to be increasing um, so the, they, they found also, and again, you see very little coverage of a memo that they gave out that the, about the coverage of reporters who were allowed in number one, had to hire a local stringer, meaning they couldn't go in themselves. They had to hire a local who would control obviously what they saw and who they saw and, and knew that they were being watched all the time by them. And, um, and and then gave a list of lies that they had to promulgate, and you know distortions about the coverage of uh, of the conflict. Then, so th- this is um, you know it's so outrageous, and yet the the world as a whole, the media as a whole, knowing all this doesn't doesn't give it any coverage. Not a word. Uh, UN General Assembly. When is it going to start? 
well, theoretically, the, the official start is next week on the 13th. The, the, the more public start is the following week. Uh, President Biden is scheduled to come, I think, on the, the, the Monday next uh, Monday a week. So it'll be and over. Then he's before- going to speak on Tuesday. No, but that the the heads of state will speak through that week, and into Rosh Hashanah. Um, I'm not sure what the attendance is going to look like. So far, it seems to be pretty quiet. But usually, it's the coming week when we find out who's going to come and what level of representation there will be, we already have a series of meetings with some of the visiting heads of state and foreign ministers, as we do every year. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah. We don't have the weekly update next week, uh, so I guess in two weeks will give us some type of preview in terms of who's going to try to do what on that floor. Uh, I we'll be able to ready give you a report <laughs> the next time. Oh, the next time um, because uh, we've had a lot of right. meetings in the interim. Right. But yeah, the, but I, I'm talking about the uh, you know the the, the uh, grandstanding done by the PA and and others. You know, is, is, is well, the a, big issue there is the PA is going to push for uh, wants to push again for statehood and wants to bring it up to Security Council of the United States has been telling them not to do it and, and urging them not to do it. Obviously, Israel will not accept it. And the, the um, we'll have to see. He's not the most popular person, Abbas, because people see that, you know, there's no election, there's no effort. There's a great story. And again, I'm sorry, but this, that the, they call it the ghost hospitals, that they found two hospitals that received huge amounts of money and remember, America just gave them, uh, what, $500 million, mm-hmm. supposedly for the hospitals. But you see how fungible it is. So there are two there are two hospitals. One that was named for Abbas. It's a 50-acre hole in the ground. Nothing happening there. And then one, which is full of modern equipment, never operational, never will be operational. It's all a sham. It's part of the corruption and it means that the people are being denied the services, and of course, who, who will they blame? Even though it's very hard to find how you you can draw the extension to to end up blaming um, Israel, mm-hmm. but they're I'll never going to function. And yet, they let them. And also, the EU finally this week blasted UNRWA, the head of UNRWA, over the Palestinian textbooks, which are more full of hate and anti-Israel and anti-Semitic stuff than before, while other countries have moved towards moderating their textbooks, they keep going the wrong way. Yeah, well, same old, same old, as they say. Uh, Finally, do you roll your eyes when you see the German chancellor apologize 50 years later for the Munich Olympic massacre? You know, it doesn't bring anybody back to life. It is a, it's a gesture, the fam, something the families wanted, and they got the compensation they wanted. I'm sorry that so much of the focus was on this fight over their participation because they were not satisfied with the uh, compensation package that had been offered, and it was increased, and they, they did participate because I think it's more important is to tell the story, to remind the world of the inaction for a long time and the toll that was paid at an international sporting event and the, um, you know, the tragedy that occurred there. 50 years later, hard to believe, frankly. Uh, we have another... Yeah, you, 
we all remember it as yesterday. Yeah, well, that yeah, those of us who were around certainly remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, just like with the with the queen's uh, with the queen's reign, there are very few people around who don't remember her as queens, and there are less and less people around who remember the Munich massacre. Frankly, unfortunately, or whatever, you know, we got to keep telling our children and grandchildren about these episodes and uh, and teach them as much about Jewish history and certainly modern Jewish history as possible. Uh, they have to realize that uh, the state of Israel has not always been like this. It is flourishing. It is incredible what's going on. Uh, but uh, first of all, at one time there was no state. And secondly, it was not always like this. There was a real shift, a seismic shift. I think during the 08 uh, economic crash, a seismic shift in terms of Israeli independence from Jewish communities around the world. I don't know if that's a, if you would say it the same way. Uh, well, but, now you see the government allocated money for Jewish education abroad and is increasingly allocating funds and taking on a responsibility that hardly anybody would have believed possible, uh, probable 50 years ago. Um, and uh, the, the sense of our reboot, the responsibility for one another is a mutual one. It's no longer the poor cousin in Israel. Yeah. In many cases, it's the rich uncle in Israel. Yeah. But but I, but I also want to say that people should not overlook the negotiations with Iran. It's, we're being lulled into to this sense of it's off and it's not going to be, I think, because the administration doesn't want to have a vote before November. But this also could be like we saw in the previous round in the last months where they said that there's no deal, no deal, and all of a sudden there was a deal on the table. So we have to keep up our vigilance to make the case about why this deal is no good. It's shorter. It's weaker. Iran is not the same Iran. They have all of the technology. They're installing more and more advanced centrifuges. They can they enrich at a higher and higher level, all in violations of the agreements. Their activities all over the world in in uh, encouraging terrorism and sponsoring terrorism. And think if they get another hundred billion dollars a year to to do that. So people should not be lulled into a, a full sense of confidence about the, the deal being dead. Yeah, 100%. Uh, two weeks from today, we continue with the weekly update. Have a wonderful Shabbos, Malcolm, and thanks so much for joining you us. Too. Malcolm Holmline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents, Major American Jewish Organizations, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM and the AM. And I thank him for helping us remember Yanki Meyer, who uh, passed away at an age that uh, is hard for us to believe, 58 years old, how much he accomplished and what he did for so many people around the world. I don't think there was a human being that he turned down when he felt he could help them. And certainly in our community, that uh, you, you could double down on that statement. Uh, his funeral takes place later today in Brooklyn, New York at 10.30 this morning. And uh, we remember him with tremendous affection and gratitude. Our condolences to his family. Hard to believe they have to go through this. He was always there for everybody. We have to be there for them. And um, what can I say? The king of chesed, the king of chesed has been taken from us. Literally. Somebody who, who ruled the, the Chesed monarchy with tremendous responsibility, care, and concern. And I hope we're able to learn from the lessons that he taught us of what it's like to be there for somebody in their time of need. We remember our dear friend Yankee Meyer with tremendous affection. And it is hard to believe that uh, he is in fact gone. This time each every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden. Spiritual Leader Emeritus, Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good have Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Kiseitse. 
Kiseitse has the distinction of having the most mitzvos of any parsha in the Torah. According to the Chinuch, it contains 74 mitzvos. There are 27 positive mitzvos and 47 restrictions in Parshas Kiseitse. You have among the 74 mitzvos the mitzvah of burial, whereby we are taught that a criminal is to be buried, all the more so a good Jew. A Jew is to be buried, as the Torah tells us in Bereshis, Ki ofar ata v'al ofar toshuv. You come from the dust, you are to be restored to the dust. And man is to be buried. And unfortunately, the alternative of, God forbid, cremation is not a Jewish response to death at all. And even the mausoleums of above-the-ground burial is not in accordance with Jewish law. Jewish law says that we bury the body and only the body is buried, the soul returns to God. You have in Pashas Kiseitse the laws of marriage as well as later on the laws of divorce. You have the laws of Yibum, the Leverit marriage, and Chalitza. The parsha ends with the mitzvah to remember and to blot out the memory of Amalek. I'd like to focus this morning on the mitzvah of Hashavas Aveda. At the beginning of chapter 22 in this week's parsha, the Torah devotes three psukim to the mitzvah of returning a lost object. Now, the Chinuch, in his commentary on mitzvah 538, which is the mitzvah of returning a lost object, writes that the root reason for this mitzvah is evident because in this lies a useful benefit for all and harmony for the land since forgetfulness is common in all people from time to time. Moreover, all their domestic and other animals always run off here and there. With this mitzvah, which exists among our people, animals and objects would be kept wherever they, may, wherever they might be in our holy land, as though they were under the hand of the owners. In other words, if somebody loses, he knows that, especially in the land of Israel, where we are all, as you'll see in a moment, brothers, we are literally our brother's keepers, we are responsible one for another, and guess what? I will 
take it and make it my business to watch, guard, and make every effort to return your lost object, and you will do the same for me. Now this is a very significant point, whereby the Torah speaks about physical objects. And so it starts with one's ox, one's sheep, and goat. And if they are wandering, the Torah says, V'salam to mehem. You might want to hide yourself and make, quote, yourself nishvisendik. I didn't see it. Come on. The Torah says, Hoshev teshivem lo'achicha. You are surely to return them to your brother. What do you mean, brother? Ah, the Torah is creating a relationship that one Jew is to feel to another one as he is my brother. Ah, just as for my biological brother, I would go out of my way to take air of his lost property, so too am I to feel towards each and every Jew, and that is that he is my brother. And the Torah says, if your brother is not, quote, close to you, meaning you find it and he is not around to ask for it, the Torah says, take it to your home and it should be with you until he comes and gives you the signs, and this is what you are to do for any and all lost objects of your brother. And by the way, in three verses, the Torah uses the word brother five times. Okay, so it's clear what the pshat, what the literal understanding of the verse is, namely, a biblical obligation to be concerned about the lost property of another Jew. This is Pshat. I'd like to share with you, however, the insight of the Orachayim HaKadosh in his commentary on these verses. Now we know that there is Pardes. Pardes means there's the pshat, the literal understanding, there's the remez, that which the Torah is hinting at, the drash, that which the rabbis are able to deduce from the various language within the text, and finally sowed the various secrets that the text contains. So the first thing we are reminded is that these same three verses can be understood not only literally, but watch this. Says the Orachayim HaKadosh, you shall not see Shor Ochicha. The Shor are various animals, be it the ox, as we said, the sheep, the goat, etc. Now who are these Animals, says the Orachayim, Elohim b'nei Adam. These are people. 
shenimshalu kibehemos. They are comparable and compared to animals because, unfortunately, they are not yet knowledgeable and not yet observant. And who is Ochicha? They are sure Ochicha. They are the animals of your brother, capital B. He says that the Ochicha is referring to none other than God himself. Namely, and he quotes from the Medrash Shmos Rabbah 27, paragraph 1, that the term Re'acha is not only your friend, but can refer to a Kodesh Baruch Hu, as we find in Tilim 122, verse 8, Laman Achai Achai literally my brothers, my friends, but on another level, it refers to none other than God himself. So, the Torah is telling us, you shall not see God's children, meaning his animals, those children who are on the level of animals, that are nidochim, that are straying, that have gone off the path, that they are not knowledgeable, not observant. And you might hide yourself and say, come on. What's it my responsibility? No, says the Torah, Hoshev Tishivaim, you, the more knowledgeable ones, have an obligation to return them to your brother, meaning to God, who is caring and looking for them. And if the next verse, verse two, it is not close. What's not close? So here the Orachaim Akodosh says that the time of the redemption is not yet close, and therefore he says we're talking about our time at the end of the exile. Ah, so what should you do? Vasavto, take him. El toch besecha, take him to the base Hamedrish, take him to your home. So we're talking about not only literally that you have an opportunity, those who do keep Shabbat, to invite to their homes those who are not yet observing Shabbat, but we're talking about bring them into the base Medrash, teach them Torah, ah, and he shall be with you until till God literally is going to come after him in the end of days when Mashiach comes and return him to himself. What does that mean? The Gemara in Sanhedrin 73a teaches us based upon these two words return him to him the Rabos Avedas Gufo we are to restore his body to him. In other words, God forbid if he is sick, you've got to heal him. If he's being attacked, God forbid, by a wild animal, he's being attacked by bandits, and you can, in one way or another, save him. You must do that. You have to save him. Now, if this is true regarding his physical body, it's all the more so true 
regarding his soul. Save his soul, which is his essence. And that's why, interestingly, we find at the end of the first chapter of Bava Mitzia, which talks about the finding of lost objects, that if I have two individuals, one is my teacher and the other one is my father, and I have an opportunity, each of them lost an object, and I have an opportunity to go searching for their objects, who takes precedence? So the Mishnah teaches me my teacher over my father. Why? My father brings me into this world, and my teacher brings me into the world to come. So what these three verses are teaching us, according to the Orachayim HaKadosh, is that we have the potential of bringing about a transformation, not only in the individual himself, but regarding him and future generations. We have the opportunity to do good not only for his body, but for his soul. So what is the Torah teaching us? The obligation of what we would call kiruv. Kiruv means to bring back the individual man, woman, who is not yet close to God, to bring them back to so do. Not only, as I mentioned, by inviting them to your Shabbos table, but there are, thank God, many, many organizations which have as their raison d'etre their purpose to create a Chavrusa program, a buddy system, a partners in Torah, to pair up one who is more knowledgeable with one who is less. So first of all, the more knowledgeable says, how much, how much do I know? You don't realize how much you know until you sit down, be it in person or on Zoom. You can be thousands of miles away and you can spend a meaningful hour a week with an individual, which I can tell you from personal experience in speaking with many different individuals, it's transformative. It's transformative for both individuals. The one that has more knowledge, he becomes invested. The one who is the study partner with the less knowledge, his life is becoming enriched and very often it develops into not only a study session that they enjoy studying together, but socially they become friendly, they invite one another to their respective smachot, and literally they become part of each other's family. Look into it as we get closer to Rosh Hashanah. Look into it as we take the lessons of Parshas Kisese to heart, and remember, five times the Torah uses the word Ochicha, literally it means that 
we are brothers one to another, and I'm responsible for your loss object as you for mine. But on the deeper level, the Orachayim HaKadosh teaches that we have the opportunity to bring Jews back to God, back to their, quote, big brother. And this is going to be most beneficial for both of you. Shabbat Shalom to all.
Jam in the AM. That's uh, Kansi Porsche, Lomo Simcha, and his brothers. An amazing version that we introduced about a year ago. Uh, maybe a little more. A little less, rather. Uh, during the Amudim event. And uh, that is pretty remarkable. Shlomo Simcha and his brothers with Kan Sipor here at JMNAM. Perfect for Parshas Kitetze. JMNAM, good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Reminder, there's a, um, there is a page on our website, nachomsigl.com slash chesed. nachomsigl.com slash chesed. I want to thank uh, Avrami for taking care of it. If you go to nachomsigl.com slash chesed, it's got a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of recommendations based on what we've been doing on the air over the last couple of weeks. Um, the Misaskim website is now up there. Um, support their great work in memory of Yanki Meyer. The Sukkah Shadchan information is up there. The Kupath Ezra information is up there. They're going to be supporting a lot of families before Yontif. Renewal has an awareness and swabbing event for Dr. J. Bienenfeld. And Javi Diamond happening on Monday, September the 12th, this coming Monday, beginning at 8 p.m. at Congregation Nachlas Yehoshua, 1301 East 27th Street in Brooklyn. Rabbi Josh Sturm will speak. Get swabbed. Excuse me. Get swabbed, everybody. You might be a match with the kidney that they're looking for. Uh, the Chevra Gamach is up there. Bris Avram is up there. Check it out. NachumSigl.com slash Chesed for our Elul Chesed campaign. And uh, there you have it. Uh, coming up at um, coming up at um, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, it'll be Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos Show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. We'll take this break. Be back with more coming up right here at JM in the AM. Yes, it's time to make Aliyah LaRegel. It's time to celebrate Sukkot in Israel. And what better way to celebrate Sukkot than to make a reservation at the Ramada Jerusalem Hotel. With their spacious, family-friendly sukkah and public spaces, first-class gourmet Yerushalayim Mahadran OU Glot meals, it's an affordable experience for the entire family. Ramada Jerusalem Hotel, the highest standard of kashrus and incomparable service. For reservations, send an email to reservations at herzlhotel.com. That's H-E-R-Z-L hotel.com. Or check out the website at Jerusalem Ramada Hotel. If you're interested in making a simcha at the hotel, contact Yaakov Kessler at events at HerzlHotel.com. And be sure to tell them you heard it on the Nahum Siegel Network. JM in the AM, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas Kitetze, candle lighting time, 654. 654 is candle lighting time. Special shout out to my friend Zev Berman, who I saw last night. Good man, good man. He's probably listening right now saying, ooh, his voice is starting to peter out. <laughs> After all, we're deep into hour number three. He may be right, by the way. Uh, he pointed that out to me last night about the last couple of weeks with this uh, terrible cold. Um, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. So this listener comments on the app and says that uh, Yankee Myers Leviah will be live streamed on Lakewood Scoop. Lakewood Scoop is supposedly going to be live streaming it. Um, so that's, you know, that's an answer. That's something to go on. Because we didn't know earlier when someone had asked about the possibility of it being live streamed today. Um, all right, so there you have it. Full weekend, of course. JM Sunday with Matis happening at 7 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday morning. 
of Rummy and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler with Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night beginning at 9 o'clock. Full day today, including our Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Keep it on the Nachum Seagull Network all day long. You'll be so much happier preparing for Shabbos with us in the background or the foreground. It'll just uh, enhance your Arab Shabbos to say the least. We are mourning the loss of our dear friend Yankee Meyer, who passed away uh, very, very early this morning. After, uh, well, we got the news after midnight. I'm not sure exactly when the when his passing took place, but it was last night at some point. And uh, taken at the age of 58, one of the key figures when it comes to Chesed in our community. I I said he was the king of Chesed, and he um, he executed that role really well, really well. And there's a lot to learn from him, and hopefully we all will as we move forward in the community and try to do, do good things for people. Um, yeah. Tough news to swallow, frankly, but uh, I guess we have no choice. Yankee Meyer, 58 years young, a great leader. So many initiatives, so many efforts. So much individual attention to people around the world who needed him. So many amazing connections to people who he respected and they respected him back and that got him very far in the area of trying to help people. Maybe that's one lesson we can learn from this. How we, how we interact with our neighbors, especially those with some power, public officials, government people, you know, uh, fire department, police department, et cetera, et cetera. How we interact with them will say a lot about how they likely will interact with us. Keep that in mind. That's a lesson we learned from him. More coming up Friday, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM. Yeah. 
Pretty amazing song, huh? Ellie Schwebel. I was just actually talking about Ellie with Revy last night, his amazing father. And he's incredible, Ellie. Shabbos Takes Me Home is the name of that one here at JM in the AM. Solomon Brothers, brand new before that here at JM in the AM. And uh, yesterday when we went to the uh, OU Hanukkah Tabayit, and again, Mazel Tov to Rabbi Hauer, Rabbi Dr. Josh Joseph, um, to Maish Bain, and to everybody, all the uh, staff and the lay leaders, a, a big, big Mazel Tov. Uh, yesterday, the uh, musical portion of the program was done by the one and only Ellie, the one and only Revi Schwebel, and the one and only Yassi Sonnenblick. It's pretty amazing. Two legends, to say the least. Time to take a job as journeys at Jam in the Air. The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw away your hammer. There's nothing left to do. Spend 
Israel brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, we're going to have, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing day and an amazing week here at JMM. We remember with tremendous fondness the uh, incredible Yankee Meyer. Hard to believe that he's gone. Funeral later this morning at 10.30 in Borough Park, Brooklyn. Big loss for the community. Thank you for helping me pay tribute to him this morning. A lot of great comments on the app. All well deserved. Uh, we're back Monday. Don't forget our great weekend programming, including Matis Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time for JM Sunday. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Mark Zamek coming up at 10 o'clock Eastern time this morning with the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show. You will enjoy that. I can guarantee you have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend till Monday. Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember the past, live the present and trust the future.